This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit in your home. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Fresh Start Family Show. I'm your host, Wendy Snyder, positive parenting educator and family life coach. And today on the show, we have Dr. Elise Dubrow DeMarco, who is talking to us about how we can prevent holiday overwhelm and anxiety. And this is such a great time of year to look at this because with the holidays coming up, we know that it can be such a magical time. But for many of us, it's also a season of massive stress, anxiety, guilt, and overwhelm, if we're being honest. So if you have perfectionist tendencies, especially when trying to create the air quotes, perfect holiday memories, this episode is really going to inspire you to maybe take a few chill pills, (laughs) prepare for the onslaught of activities with maybe a little bit more intention. And also it's going to inspire you just to enjoy your experiences so much more easily this year. So I want to take a moment just to tell you about Dr. Elise Dobrow. She is a clinical psychologist and writer based in Summit, New Jersey, specializing in cognitive behavioral therapy for maternal anxiety and stress. Her writing has been featured in the Washington Post, parents.com, Today Parenting, Motherwell, Motherly, Psychology Today, Scary Mommy, and The Week. She is the author of Mom Brain, Proven Strategies to Fight the Anxiety, Guilt, and Overwhelming Emotions of Motherhood, and Relax into Your New Self. So I am really hoping that this episode just blesses you with just kind of an extra layer of preparation to avoid overwhelm and anxiety this holiday season. And as always, you guys, if you love this episode as you are listening, please just Take a screenshot real quick. Usually, you know, 99% of you are listening while you're on your phone. So it's really easy just to snap a screenshot and then share to social. I am really active over on Instagram where I do a ton of free teaching and inspirational content, but you can find me there. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy. So share to social media, making sure that you tag me and just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Every time you share our show, whether you're telling a friend, you know, a neighbor on the block or a pal at your Bible study or someone that you maybe text your sister-in-law or, and say, hey, you should listen to this episode or share to your social account. It helps us reach more and more families across the world. And we have such a mission here at Fresh Start Family to really get the message and the educational work of positive parenting into the hands as, as to as many parents and families that we can. So thank you for being a part of that. If you're not on our email list yet, make sure you hop on. You can head to the Fresh Start family website, freshstartfamilyonline.com, and grab our free learning guide that'll get you onto our email list so we can be in communication every week. Every single week, I send out an email just letting you know what our fresh podcast of the week is. I also send inspirational messages and tips and let you know when we're having promotions on our programs and also send you invitations for our free events when we have them, whether it's free workshops, sometimes we do free challenges, sometimes we do 
free online masterclasses. We just have a ton of free content that we do here, and we would love to be able to communicate with you on a consistent basis in your email box. So head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com to grab your free learning guide, hop on the email list. Thank you in advance for sharing. I love you all, and without further ado, help me welcome Dr. Elise to the show. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show. Hey there, families. Welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Sharp Family Show. I am really excited to be here today with Dr. Elise Dobrow-DeMarco, and we are going to be talking today about preventing holiday anxiety. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. All right. Well, Dr. DeMarco, and and if it's okay if I call you Elise during this please, interview. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, perfect, please do. Perfect. Okay. I know that we're just going to have the best interview today because I think God works in mysterious ways. And I'm telling you, I had such an, like, an anxiety flare up today. And I know you are such an incredible helper of moms when it comes to mom brain and anxiety flare-ups. And so I'm just feeling really thankful for this little flare-up that I had this morning because I feel like I'm just so fresh for this conversation and just going to eat up every piece of your wisdom today. So thank you really for spending time with us. I know the holidays is that time of year where many of us as as moms and parents, we just get those flare-ups where your heart is pounding and it just feels like there is literally a million freaking things to do and there's Mm -hmm. never enough time. And then the kids feel our stress and then they start misbehaving. And then your dreams of this perfect holiday go to crap. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it's this recipe for disaster. And so to be able to get your wisdom today, Elise, to counteract that and prepare for that is going to be really, really beautiful. So before we get started, the community has heard all about you a little bit before we started recording, but will you tell us your personal story about why you wrote this book, a little bit more about your book, and why you're so passionate about helping moms in this capacity, and then also what mom brain is? Sure. So I was trained, I have a PhD in clinical psychology. I was trained to specialize in CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy for anxiety. And CBT, for those of you who don't know, is a present moment focused, research supported type of treatment that really deals with giving you strategies to help you manage when you're struggling in the here and now. So mm-hmm. I had been trained to do CBT for you know, a variety of, of kinds of anxiety. And then as I was starting out my professional career, I was also starting my family. I have two sons who are now 11 and 8. So as I was starting my career, I think by virtue of my age and stage in life at that time, I was seeing a lot of women who were at the same age and stage in life coming to see me for anxiety and related issues. And what I found was that the strategies developed in research studies for anxiety disorders like obsessive compulsive disorder or generalized anxiety disorder or panic disorder actually translated really, really well 
to help me and the moms that I was working with to navigate the many emotional ups and downs and upheavals of parenthood. So, you know, the more moms I saw and the more I was moving my own way through, you know, my sort of motherhood journey, the more I was convinced like, wow, CBT tools are great for moms and for parents generally. How do I get these tools into the hands of parents? So that was kind of what inspired me to start writing about it because while there was a lot out there, again, you know, CBT for, for you know, OCD or GAD, they're really wasn't much out there translating these strategies for parents. So I started writing kind of short articles in in popular parenting blogs and such, and then uh, started doing kind of short videos about it. And it, it eventually led to my writing the book, Mom Brain, which really includes like everything I do <laughs> with moms. You know, it, it runs the gamut from like the book talks about maternal identity and how that changes when you have a kid and what you do about that, maternal emotions and how you learn to accept your emotions and being compassionate towards yourself when you're struggling, two chapters on anxiety, there's a chapter on perfectionism, there's a bunch of chapters Mm -hmm. on relationships and relationship changes with your partner, with friends, with extended family. Relevant to our conversation today, there is a whole chapter on holidays and vacations and how you navigate that. And I should say too that the, the book is geared towards parents of kids who are aged zero to five, but but the strategies really are evergreen. So even if you have kids who are older than that, like you you will benefit from reading it because the strategies remain the same. I picked this population, honestly, because I felt like the sooner parents could start employing these strategies after they had kids, the better, because they really, really, you know, help moms and, and, and any other parents or guardians manage their mental health effectively. I love it. That's my story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and your book is beautiful because you have all these great science-based strategies and the psychology side of it, but then you're just really relatable and funny. And like, and I think, yeah, I just think that's so important for, I know our community is we really love a good relatable mentor or teacher or author or psychologist. So that's an important part, I think of your writing too. Awesome. And then tell us a little bit about how you define mom brain. Cause I think a lot of people joke that it's like, Oh, you forget where you put your watch. Like this morning I lost my coffee. Right. I mm-hmm. literally, I just, I was like, dang it. What, what the literal, <laughs> I lost, <laughs> I'm like running around everywhere. My amazing house cleaner is here. And you know, that's like this hilarious modern day thing where we get all stressed out when our amazing help comes because our we have to pick up the house for the house cleaner. And right, it sounds right. so it sounds so entitled to to joke about it, but it's it's like this flare-up of anxiety there. <laughs> and then you know, I just lost my coffee. I'm like, wow, I'm such a failure. But tell us, like, I know that we joke about it's forgetting our coffee and where our shoes were, but it's a lot more than that. So tell us what your definition of mom brain is. Yeah. And you know, a lot has come out recently. Like, you know, even since I started working on the book, which you know originally was was five years ago. Like a lot has come out about mom brain recently. And yes, I think in mm-hmm. popular culture, the idea is like, you know, we forget, you know, our where our coffee is or our shoes or our cell phone or, or, you know, those kinds of things. But really more fundamentally, like what we've, we've now seen through research studies is that like our brain actually changes when we become parents. And I say parents, not just, you, you don't have to have given birth to your child to yeah. experience these brain changes. It's really, really fascinating. And there, there's a lot of, as I said, really cool stuff out there, particularly over the past couple of, of years, a lot has come out. The, the way that I think about it and the way that I, I define mom brain for myself is that like when you become you know, a parent, 
kids kind of zoom to the top of your mental priority list. They just become top of mind. But so what happens with that, that's great, by the way, you know, because we want that. We want to be able to, you know, always have kids top of mind and and because we're, we're there to help them grow and thrive. But the downside of that is, of course, that other things that might have been higher on the list fall behind, right? Or maybe fall off the list entirely. So that's the way I think about mom brain. And, and I think more generally about just the seismic shifts in the way we think about every aspect of our life when we become parents, right? The things we value change really dramatically. Our identities change really dramatically. Our relationships change really dramatically. So to me, all of that is part of mom brain or, or for me, you know, fits under the mom brain umbrella. Yeah. And I just, it it feels like it screams just like overwhelm to me too. And maybe it's just the space I am right now, like in, in this particular moment, which again, I'm just using the full capacity. Like right now I can hear the trash truck going on outside and I'm like, shit, do we forget to put the trash out? And then I'm also <laughs> thinking like, gosh, I wonder how my son's doing today. I also have an 11, you said 11 year old yep, son, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep, sixth grader. A, yes. My sixth grader, like got word yesterday that like he like has a crush on a girl and it turned into this like horrible thing where she, where her friends are like making fun of him and so yeah. as we're like speaking today like it's just so funny my brain is like a ping pong right it like kind of goes around to like all these things that you're thinking of like I wonder mm-hmm. how he's doing today and that was in combination with like shit we probably forgot to put out the trash and you know Terry's has a busy day at work too it's just yeah, it feels it feels at times. Of course, we have, you know, good days and bad days, but there's those moments where it just feels like the self-doubt, the anxiety and the overwhelm just kind of comes into this perfect storm. And that's when you're just like, man, this my brain, my brain almost hurts like it it's too Absolutely. much for one brain to handle. Yep. So today, yeah, let's get into what we can do to kind of combat this or settle our brains when we're having these like moments or these flare-ups, which we all know that December, early January, even starting in November can sometimes create, right? The perfect Mm -hmm. storm. And so the first thing we were going to talk about today, Elise, is just the idea of getting your expect, like making your expectations low, which you know, in the book, you have a chapter on perfectionism. And I know we have so many families in our communities that really identify full-blown claim it as perfectionist. And Mm -hmm. I think perfectionism is so fascinating because I think it's so related to shame and criticism and the way a lot of us were raised. But talk to us about your recommendations on setting expectations low. Okay. Yeah. So I always think about my experience with my sons, my older son's first Halloween, which Mm -hmm. was back, it would have been October of 2011. And for any of your listeners who are from the Northeast, they may recall that there was a snowstorm in October. It was very bizarre. And prior to the snowstorm, I was like so excited about my son's first Halloween. I bought his costume like, you know, six weeks early and I had all these plans and we were going to go all these places and it was going to be so magical. And I like, I could not wait. And then we had a full on snowstorm. I think it was maybe October 28th or 29th, which killed the power in my town and Halloween was canceled. And I just cried 
like cried, cried, cried. And then what followed that was like a whole year's worth of like overblown holiday expectations that like ended in disaster. So like, you know, we did like his holiday photo shoot and we we made all these like fake presents that he was supposed to hold and he wouldn't stop eating the presents. So all we have is pictures of him like gumming these, these, you know, present boxes and like every, every holiday I realized was a crushing disappointment to me. And what occurred to me later was that the problem was my expectations, right? I was like, you know, every first holiday for my son, it was like, oh, this is going to be the best, you know, first Christmas, first Thanksgiving, first, you know, whatever. And and in reality, when you have kids, right, you can never craft those perfect holidays because something always goes wrong. There's so much you don't have control over. So when I started working with moms on this topic, like I talked a lot about and and continue to talk a lot about really setting expectations low for holidays. Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly, about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being air quotes mean to their sister or disrespecting you, but then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you could end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based, firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. 
In other words, going into it, not thinking, oh my gosh, this is my baby's first Thanksgiving. It's going to be, you know, a a magical ride, but instead being like, yeah, this is probably going to be a disaster. Like the Thanksgiving dinner is called for right during my baby's nap and they're probably going to be a mess and they'll probably be throwing food. And, and, and what I like to tell my patients is like, so, so don't expect these magical holidays because again, there's too much we can't control with kids. We'll never get them. But also like try if you can to like celebrate smaller things. So for example, it's like Mm. if you can get your kid to sit at the Thanksgiving table for like 10 minutes, maybe think to yourself ahead of time, all right, I'm going to call that a win. If I can get my kid to like sit at the high chair at the table for like 10 minutes so the relatives can ooh and ah a little bit and then let the kid go wherever, I'm going to consider that a victory as opposed to being like, okay, put my kid in in their best outfit and they're going to sit nicely and everyone's going to, you know, ooh and ah over them for like three hours during dinner. Like it's just not going to happen. So it's a combination, I think, of setting our expectations low, but also, you know, reminding ourselves of like, okay, what would a win look like to me? Right. I talk in the book too about like holiday photo shoots and how maybe a win is if you get one halfway decent picture where everyone's looking at the camera and that's it. Not like a, you know, a huge gallery of beautiful photos, but just one. So it's, it's low expectations. And again, calling out when these low expectations have been met. Yes. And, and maybe let's just get like tactical here, like real life examples for a minute. And, and it's so true. The, the photo shoots, when I look back in time, those were some of the most stressful experiences of my life as a parent. And you're right. Like you think you're going to have this collection, right? Like you're going to have one of them, one of the siblings. That's really good. You're going to have like, but just really talking to yourself ahead of time and just reminding yourself, it's okay. It's okay. If we just get one, it's going to be And that's like how full-blown, I mean, my husband's a full-blown like creative director and he does these huge photo shoots where they take thousands of photos. And he's always like, well, we just need that one. We need that one star one for these campaigns. So it's not unwise to really set the expectations low. But like say, so another thing that we used to do a lot when the kids were littler was we would go to like the Garden of Lights here. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we would go with other families and there'd be the carriage ride and there was like roasting marshmallows and there was all these things. But instead, like I'm trying to see the strategy there is like setting expectations low, like being real with all the things that you want it to be, right? Like I think there's power in like visioning that things go well, but also being just being okay if the kids bicker. Mm-hmm. If they fight in line to, to who's on first on the wagon, like just expecting, okay, well, they're probably, it's going to be, they're going to be tired because it's going to be late. So they're probably going to fight. They're probably going to, you know, be running around during the performance when the choir sings and I'll have to get creative and do this or whatever. And then there might be a meltdown at the end of the night because we might keep them up till late. Right. Like maybe that's like setting expectations low is like, might look like that in like a tactical way. And then also the win would be like, we got everyone on the, like the, the win was we got everyone on that wagon, which I loved. I used to love to ride this horse-drawn carriage and just look at the stars and the lights around me. Like that's the moment, the big takeaway from the night, Mm -hmm. like maybe choose one takeaway. That's like, wow. Yeah. That was really magical to have my little kids in my arms And I got to see the stars and the lights. And then I handled the arguments. And the meltdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's it's like, see, I mean, I talk a lot about mindfulness in the book and that's what you're describing, like having a mm-hmm. mindful moment where you've got your kids and you're looking at the stars and you're thinking, oh my gosh, 
this, right? This is amazing. Yeah. And, and savoring that as opposed to thinking about maybe the rest of the time, which was perhaps less, you know, less magical. And, and I'll say too, like, I think one of the mistakes that I made was like assuming that the things that were magical for me as a child would necessarily be magical for my sons, you know, and, yeah. and, and dealing with that, like disappointment, this is a small example, but like, I loved watching the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade. And I watched right, it like every, yeah, every year. And maybe now it's because there's so much competing with it with, you know, everything YouTube yeah. and whatever, but like my kids just don't like it. And at first I was so upset because I wanted them to sit and watch it with me. And I like, you know, kind of like set the scene and they wanted like nothing to do with it. And then I had to come to realize like, this was my memory, you know, and, and, and my preference, but not necessarily, you know, what my kids want for the holidays. And so that has been part of it too. And what I tell, you know, patients as well is like, you can make new memories with your family based on your circumstances, which are probably pretty different than the circumstances under which you were raised. Yeah. And the expectation could be that maybe they just watched the first 10 minutes with you right. before they turn on their right. YouTube on their device. <laughs> For me, it was like, just watch Hamilton on there, guys. Like, let's just do the Hamilton number. We'll see Lin-Manuel Miranda, and then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> right, right. So good. Okay. Let's talk about our second strategy to prevent holiday anxiety or handle it with integrity, so to speak, is have compassion with the mom fails. Our community is definitely familiar with this concept. Let's talk about it from your perspective, especially when it comes to the holidays and just knowing that there's going to be so many times where we're just like, well, we blew that one or we didn't Mm -hmm. do that. Like, again, I feel like this morning I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, failure, 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 mom fail, mom fail, mom fail. So (laughs) talk to us about having compassion. Yes. So I talk a lot in the book in general about us having compassion towards ourselves for anything we perceive didn't go perfectly or even sort of well. And certainly that happens during the holidays a lot. One of the the things I always think about is like my, when my niece, who is now a senior in college, when she was really small, there was an Elmo that was popular, a chicken dance Elmo maybe. And my father had bought like the last one in the store and he was so proud of himself, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to give her the chicken dance Elmo and she's going to love it. Now, meanwhile, my mom was just shopping and, and randomly picked up some like, you know, baby doll that was probably like 10 bucks from the store for my niece. Yeah. So like, obviously fast forward and my niece is like opening the presents and my dad is looking at chicken dance Elmo with anticipation. And my niece basically sees chicken dance Elmo, sees the doll and tosses chicken dance Elmo and spends the whole, you know, day just with this doll and this, you know, cheap stroller or whatever. And like, to me, that, that always encapsulates like this idea of like, yeah, you sometimes don't get it right. Whether it's like right. the, the, you know, the gifts you purchase or the meals you serve mm-hmm. or that, you know, whatever it is, like, you're not always going to get it right. I also say in the book, like, and this is for everybody, not, not just people who, who celebrate Christmas, but just generally speaking, like, parents, you are not Santa or whatever, you know, whatever the version of meaning, like you, you can't, you can't always create magical moments. And so, you know, again, I think that the self-compassion really ties in with the expectations, right. Of like expecting that, like, not everything is going to go off flawlessly. And, and also, you know, I, I talk a lot about how parents in the book, I say specifically moms oftentimes hold themselves responsible for way too much. And so, like, for example, if a holiday doesn't go well, I, I feel like a lot of the moms I work with will be like, well, that was my fault. And how did I screw this up? And how can I prevent it? When the truth is, 
there's so many factors at play when you're dealing with a holiday with children, many of which are totally out of your control, like I was saying before. And so I think that's a real important thing to keep in mind, you know, to, to be compassionate towards yourself for these fails is to say like, yeah, there were a lot of forces here operating way beyond my control, right? Like you were just saying, yeah. I think that was such a good example with the with the holiday event that you attended. Like even just the fact that it's later than your kid's bedtime, you're, you can't control that, right? That's when the event is scheduled yeah. for, but that also means that your kid's going to be cranky and there's nothing you can do about that. So I think that's a big piece of, of, of self-compassion is recognizing all of the forces that are out of your control. And then, you know, also, I think we'll talk a little bit more about sort of thinking through worst case scenarios. But another thing is really thinking about, okay, like really, how bad was this? How bad was this fail, right? A fail yeah. according to me, maybe, but would my kid call this a fail, right? Or would anybody yeah. else call this a fail? Yeah, they're so resilient with forgiveness. It's beautiful. Yeah, I've, and I know, I've heard you talk to or maybe maybe I'm remembering from the book, but like the, using and a lot, right? Like I, and mm-hmm. I teach this to my students a lot too, right? Instead of but. So it's like if you burned the stuffing or the turkey and you like killed it on the green beans or whatever it may be, or if you like you blew it and you didn't wake up early and prepare the like presents, whatever. And they, and the kids came down before you and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst mom. Like they came downstairs and everything wasn't even wrapped or I'm just making stuff up right Mm now. And like, oh my gosh, I got that thing that like they really wanted. And they were so happy when they opened it or whatever. I've seen you give some great examples where you had shared once a video where it was like, here, like I screwed up a ton today, like forgot to order my son's yearbook. There was something else that day. And you were like, yeah, I could beat myself up or, and here's some things that I did nail it. I did nail it at, right? Like, I don't know what you said, if it was like, I provide, I packed healthy lunches. Mm -hmm. I got everyone out the door to school on time. So like really counteracting the, as soon as the like failure becomes evident, because I think especially the people who show up in our community, they really give a damn. Like they really show Mm -hmm. up because they care about their kids. They care about their family. And again, like often developing perfectionism qualities as they've grown older, I think is like a, is just a symptom of like how, how many of us were raised with like the criticism or punishment, right? And what our culture says about moms too. I mean, I think our culture in a lot of ways sends a message that moms have to be perfect and martyrs and sacrifice themselves at all times. And, you know, so I think there's a lot of like cultural messaging around that as well. Yeah. So the, so we see the failures very, very easily. We classify them as failures. So if we can just counteract them, like adding on the and, so it's just like, and let's just find one thing that you did. Like, so everything that we, the mom fail, the compassion, like I love to have like real life, like practices to build the compassion, right? Because I think it's such an advanced task for so many of my students. And I know it was for myself as I was on my journey to like, be able to develop. And finally, 12 years after all the life coaching in the world and this work, I'm finally like, I'm doing pretty darn good. Like most days, I'm not beating myself up anymore. I catch the language, all the things. And I did want to ask you about that before we move on. Next, we're going to talk about pre-planning, which is such a great concept. But I did want to ask you, when it comes to CBT, not to be confused with CBD. (laughs) Some people (laughs) CBD is great. Right. (laughs) As far as like your practices with your clients, does CBD incorporate healing work? Because I think this, this one 
this one point of have compassion with yourself. I just think requires so much healing underneath. So we have life coaching programs here at Fresh Start Family that we teach that we just do so much healing through feeling work. But like does CBT include heal, like deep healing work? Because that's really what I find is allows the layers of the onion to be pulled back, so to speak, to actually be able to access the compassion. Right? Does CBD oh, yeah. include that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, CBT is a really like... I said CBD. <laughs> CBT. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Yes. So, you know, CBT is actually, you know, I think one of the the sort of myths about CBT, because m- much of it was developed in, in the context of research studies, is that it's very mechanical and it's very like rote. And that actually could not be farther from the truth. It's actually very individualized. Mm-hmm. And when I meet somebody new, I spend a lot of time getting to know them, getting to understand their past. And, and this is another thing too, you know, CBT is not focused on unpacking one's childhood per se. And so sometimes CBT gets a, a rap of like, well, you don't care about the past. Not true. We do, mm-hmm. but we really look to the past to, to give us clues into what's going on in the present, right? And, and how okay. things in the present sort of came to be. And so absolutely, if you have someone who's coming in, say, so So there's some great CBT treatments, say, for like post-traumatic stress, right? Now, this is somebody who obviously needs very, very deep healing, right? And, and really needs help coming to terms with some significant, you know, historical events in their lives. So as part of CBT, like you're, you're doing that a lot, right? It's not as if you're saying, oh, you know, you have this very traumatic history, here, fill out a thought record, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it is really, so, so once again, like the treatment is really tailored towards what the individual's need is. And, and, and you did mention teaching self-compassion and we do in CBT, we do a lot of mindful self-compassion work where through the use of mindfulness exercises and through the use of sort of present moment focused techniques, we really help people to learn how to show themselves compassion and, and to be compassionate towards themselves when they're having a hard time emotionally. Yeah. Yep. That makes so much sense. So cool. Okay. Good. Good to hear about. And, and for psychologists like you, Elise, you have to be in your state to see you, right? Is that how it works with like, so we could, everyone could get your book, but in actually to to order to actually see you, how does that work? Or do you offer life coaching services too? (laughs) Okay. So, so it's, it's funny because the pandemic has really changed how we do CBT. I personally am licensed in New Jersey, New York, and I have a telehealth license for Florida, meaning if you physically live in New Jersey, New York, or Florida, I can see you via telehealth or, you know, in person, of course. But there is also something called SciPact, which if you apply for it, allows you to see people in a bunch of different states. I've not yet done that, but there are a lot of CBT folks who have, and it has to be a state that participates in SIPACT in order for the reciprocity, you know, to be able to, to make use of the reciprocity. But there's a number of states that participate now. So as I said, for me, currently it's New York, New Jersey and Florida, that may change. I may go ahead and do the SIPAC thing at some point. But meanwhile, if there's a CBT person who seems really amazing, who's not in your state, like check out and see if they have SIPAC certification and then you may be able to see them, you know, via telehealth. Yeah, that is so cool. That's one of the benefits, right, of COVID that there, it's like, it was awful, but it was also, there were some things and there were some things that really changed the world that came out of it, you know? Oh, like yeah, my, my husband, industry, completely. yeah, oh, I bet, mm-hmm. yeah. And like the high level VPs now, like have my husband home twice a week is life-changing. Now yeah. it's like expected. Like you can get a high level position like that. And you're like, I work from home two days a week. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is the best ever. It's like, 
And for the rest of like time, that'll just be expected now that like you can have a high level position like that yeah. and still have this balance of like not being on the road all the time. And absolutely. Okay, Lemonade well, out of lemons. <laughs> yes. All right. We got a little off our outline there, but let's, okay. So let's come back to the idea of pre-planning, which, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I would say before like my team and I have just now started doing an extensive amount of planning for the new year. And even though it's a lot, because I've always been like a fly by the seat of my pants kind of girl and owned it. And I've just gotten a crazy amount of things accomplished over the last five, 10 years of my life without any planning, especially when it comes to this business. And now that I've started to plan really in a deep capacity with the team, I'm realizing, wow, this is powerful. And holy smokes, it's a change. It's an investment. Mm-hmm. Like as far as learning how to plan and and then execute from your plan. So talk to us a little bit about that because I think a lot of people think to-do lists, the to-do list gets overwhelming, especially when it comes to the holidays. But what is your take on all that, Elise? So I should say in general, CBT people like me love planning. Uh, it's the B part of CBT, the behavioral part, changing behaviors. And the reason we love planning is because it's really anxiety reducing. I always think it's funny how we're told when we have young kids, oh, you need to get your kid on a schedule and you need to make a plan. The same is true of adults. Like having a schedule and a routine and a plan can really lower anxiety. So in terms of the holidays, what I have my patients do is I have them several weeks prior to the holidays, sit down, sometimes they'll do it with me and kind of come up with everything that needs to get done for that particular Mm. holiday. And so we'll have a list and then I'll say, okay, take out your calendar and let's figure out when you're going to do what on this list. And let's be pretty specific. So like, you know, December 1st to 8th, get holiday cards together, you know, decorate house for holiday, December 8th to 15th, purchase gifts. I mean, whatever it is, like I will have them really make a list of everything that needs to be done and then figure out week by week when they're going to do it which is a great way to reduce overwhelm with any big task. Like that's how I wrote my book because I never looked at the book in its totality. I said, okay, well, I have this much time to do it and I have this many chapters. So let me break it down. And I I assigned myself each week, you know, a a smaller goal, which enabled me to get it done. It's the same thing for planning for a big thing like a holiday season. What I also really stress when the, you know, my clients are, are, are planning is I'll say, okay, you also don't have to do all this yourself. So as we're talking through all of this, which are things that you can delegate to other people? I work with a lot of parents who are very territorial about the holidays. They want to do everything. (laughs) And that's okay. But what ultimately happens with a lot of them is they become completely overwhelmed. And when we talk it through, there are clearly things they just don't have to be doing that partners or grandparents or, you know, other people in their lives can help them out with. And so as part of that planning ahead, I also ask them to consider which of these tasks can be, you know, allocated to somebody else. So um, good. Yeah. 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 And I, I do the same thing for like planning if, if you're going away for the holidays and if you're going to be staying like at a relative's home, say, I'll say, okay, you know, try to think through a rough kind of schedule for yourself and for your kids every day. And if your kids are old enough, have them make the schedule with you. This is not by any means supposed to be a schedule that you follow hour by hour, but it's just to give you and your kids a shape for each day so that you know when you're waking up, maybe in your sister or brother's home or something, roughly what your day is going to look like. It can really reduce anxiety for everybody. 
Mm, I love that. And, and it brings in this concept too of like, I'm sure, well, I know it's like a whole nother episode and I'm sure plenty of visits with you around control and also guilt. Ooh, oh, <laughs> so like yeah. delegating brings up so much like of, oh, like if somebody else does it, it's not going to be done as good as if I would do it, which is like a whole oh, yes. emotional processing thing. And then the guilt of like asking for help is so deep within so many moms, which is just so fascinating, right? Because what I found over the years is that it's really like such a connector for people. Like I know my mother-in-law, she's single. She lives here and with us in California and it's the best, biggest blessing ever. But she, she has a love language of service. Like she, she loves to support and help us. And yeah, there are times when I'm sure she's like, okay, I'm done. Right. But I think it, when you have the courage to ask someone for help and you let them know, like, gosh, you know, I'm just feeling like this list is too much for me and I'm, I'm scared. I won't be able to, whatever. I feel like it can bring you closer to someone and it gives them a way to help. So just kind of a, a antidote maybe to some of the guilt that people may be thinking if they're like, ha, huh, ask people for help. Right. It's yeah, a, I have a it's whole a big section one. about this in the book, an entire section about asking for help and how icky it can sometimes feel when you delegate and someone doesn't do something quite as you would. It's something you have to get used to. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night, knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier. Okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Yeah. 
Exactly. I'm, I'm learning that in my business side of things for sure. Well, we talked a little bit about delegate. And then one of the last points that we had that we were going to chat about was this idea of like when we're at other people's places. And then we were going to talk a little bit too about this concept that or this tool maybe that you teach about like actually allowing yourself to think of the worst case scenarios and just realizing that it's it's going to be okay. You still have the tools to move through it. But when 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 it comes to like being at other people's homes, whether it's the dinners at grandma's house or the aunts and uncles who are like, you know, who are like for our community, it's like, because we have so many families who like, you know that they're like punishment family. They're spanking their kids. They're mm-hmm. they're threatening them. And you're rolling up and you're like, hey, we're the positive parenting family. We're here for dinner. Or we're here to stay for three nights. Or like, right, right. Peace and love all around. <laughs> I remember going to my sister-in-law's house and this is different, but like I had weaned Taryn from nursing. I think he was like 11 months old. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done. He became the alligator nurser. And I was like, I'm done. And we had successfully, or maybe it was just at night. I think maybe, no, he was younger. He was younger, but I had successfully weaned him at night, right? Which Mm -hmm. is a big deal. And then we went to sister-in-law's house and I was like, oh crap, I have to nurse this baby in the middle of the night because I can't let him cry. Like I can't wake up the house. Yeah. And then I went back on my routine and I was like, oh my gosh, now we're going to have to go home and it's going to be this awful thing where I have to wake up in the middle of the night and I catastrophized it, right? Uh I I remember that happening. So talk to us a little bit about your strategies for just battling the anxiety when it comes to going to other people's homes, getting off schedules, all that, all that good stuff. Cause that's a big one for people. Definitely. This is another example of expectation setting, right? Where if you're going to someone else's home for the holidays, particularly if you're staying over for several days, you can't expect that you will be able to control every aspect of your kid's environment. Um, And I think this is particularly an issue for people with younger kids who are concerned about things like napping and eating and bedtimes, right? And I think one of the things that I I hear about a lot when I speak with with patients uh, during the holidays is that they'll have a lot of anxiety about the kid. I mean, just like what you're talking about, Wendy, like about the kid regressing in some way because they're going, you know, like you were like, oh no, I'm going to have to nurse. And then the kid's going to regress and nurse in the middle of the night again, or like, oh no, my kid's sleeping is going to be off. And then they're going to have a sleep regression or, you know, even with older kids, it's like, oh, well, we're going to my sisters. And, you know, she always lets her kids watch like a ton of TV and do video games. So my kids are just going to be on screens for like 12 hours a day, seven days straight, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we have this expression in acceptance and commitment therapy, which is an offshoot of CBT Mm -hmm. called dropping the rope. How like, instead of playing tug of war in a situation, like you just drop the rope, you throw your hands up. To me, if you were doing a holiday at a relative's house, you got to drop the rope. Even in your own home, you don't have total control over things, right? So how can you possibly control what your kids are doing, eating, you know, how much sugar they're consuming, what their bedtime is. How can you possibly be expected to do that when you're living under someone's house rules, first of all, that are not your own house rules? And second of all, when when you're talking holidays, your kids are getting over-gifted, over-sugared, over-stimulated. So between that and like not being in your actual, you know, on your actual home turf, like there is no way you can expect yourself to control everything. So don't do that to yourself. Let yourself and your kids take a vacation, right? 
And, and, you know, you brought up what is the worst case scenario. That is a classic CBT question. Oftentimes we catastrophize. I love that word. Many, yeah. many things. And, and it turns out that the worst case scenario is something we could manage. And so that's what I will often ask people. I'll say like, okay, well, like, what's the worst case scenario that happens if you go to your sister's? And the person will say, oh my God, well, my kid will be like, you know, staying up all night and playing video games all day. And I'll say, okay, well, how would you manage that? Yeah. And they'll think about it, right? And they'll say, well, I mean, I guess we'll come home and like, we'll go back to how things are normally. And I can kind of frame it to them as like, this is a vacation and this is okay for vacation, but not at home. And, you know, and, and then, you know, actually, if they're like on screens a lot, it'll actually give me time to really catch up with my sister or brother or whomever who I don't really get to yeah. see that much, right? So like, you want to ask yourself those two questions of like, what's the worst case scenario? Like really what's the worst thing that's going to happen here? And what would you do to manage it? It's really like you're problem solving ahead of time to reduce your anxiety about something. Yeah. I like that. And, and our students know that they have so many tools on if the kids do have a meltdown at bedtime because they were playing violent video games or on screens all day, like thinking ahead of like, okay, well, worst case scenario, what tools would I use that evening Mm -hmm. to deescalate the power struggle and like handle the meltdown with integrity, right? Or if the like conversation does come up and if my kid does misbehave and my sister-in-law does joke or make fun of me or say this like passive aggressive thing about I should just take him in the backyard and spank him. Okay. What, like, what is some, what are some things that I feel good about that I can respond with? So it's kind of like pre-planning. Well, it's so, it's so fascinating, at least because it, it's such a different concept than a lot of times in our communities, we talk about visioning, like exactly what we want to happen and expecting it and holding that energy of like, you know, and so this is like, it's so different, but it's so valuable. I think I think the visioning part is really still important with, with just you visioning like a, the perfect case scenario of how you want to handle yourself through the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. But so as I'm thinking through that, it's still, the, these concepts go hand in hand. Like you can still vision, some people call it manifesting, some people prayers of supplication, like thank you God for making this dinner with my in-laws go great. Like, thank you so much mm-hmm. for having this be a time of connection versus total chaos and disconnection. But then also doing the like, and if something were to happen, a conversation were to get weird, my dad says something like super, it like not okay or threatening to his grandkid. Like, this is how I will handle it. This is how I will stay in integrity. And I have the tools to do so. I'm capable. Like, it's that, like you were saying, that concept of like, all right, well, what do you do? And you just think about it for a second and you're like, all right, well, I'd, I'd handle it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we, Even, what, what you're saying about the, the, you know, sort of like the envisioning is we talk about values actually in acceptance and commitment therapy also, again, an offshoot of CBT. And I talk about this a ton in my book. And that's where you have the opportunity to articulate what your values are, right? In a number of different areas, including parenting. And really then you, you're, the goal is to endeavor to live your life according to those values, right? And to parent according to those values. You can't always do that, right? That, and that's where, you know, the all of the stuff we've been talking about, you know, the self-compassion and worst case scenario and all of that comes in. But absolutely, I think it goes hand in hand with, you know, really aspiring 
to something, right? And and being very clear on again what you value, what you believe in, what you know, how you want to live your life, and and how you want to help your kids live theirs. Yes, and just making sure that you actually do fill up your toolkit with how to handle the tough situations, right? Like how to have the conversations, which I know comes from being a student of programs like ours at Fresh Start Family, like accessing beautiful services like yours to be able to actually feel like you're capable and that you have a toolkit to pull from. So when the challenging stuff does happen, that you're able to handle it with integrity. Absolutely. So good. Elise, um, this has been such a rich conversation. And I know so many holidays now are going to be smoother and less anxiety ridden because of your tips. So thank you for being here. Will you let listeners know where they can find you, where they can get your book, Mom Brain? We'll make sure that we put it on our website too, on our shop page. So it's easy for families to find, but just tell everyone where they can find you and all your beautiful work. Sure. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me, Wendy. This has been great. So my book is available wherever books are sold and Amazon and Barnes and Noble and easy to find. My website is drcbtmom.com. So that's like DR, like drcbtmom.com. And that's my drcbtmom is my handle on Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook. And I love to hear from people. So don't hesitate if you have any questions or, you know, want clarification, feel free to get in touch with me. I love it, Elise. And we didn't get to talk quite about self-care today, but I know that like grabbing a book like Dr. Elise's or doing like a, like gifting yourself a Fresh Start Family program, one of our education programs or grabbing Elise's book, Mom Brain, it is a way to take care of yourself, right? Definitely. So you're, when you educate yourself, when you like it, in my opinion, it's a way to support your own mental health. So mm-hmm. just remember moms that gifts for yourself, especially when it like helps your whole family, right? Like when we show up with like strategies to manage and cope with our anxieties and lower them, then we also are, it's a gift for our families. So it is, Mm -hmm. it really is a wonderful time to grab a gift like this for yourself and just be able to like, (sighs) fill yourself up every night with a few chapters. So, all right, Elise, well, listeners go find Elise's work and thank you again for being here. Thank you so much for having me. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start Family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kids' worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode. 
for links and more info about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 149. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day.